Hey friend, are you swamped with scheduling, bogged down by bookings, or overwhelmed with managing your social media? This message is for you. I would love to introduce you to my secret weapon, StyleSmart VA. This is a company of virtual assistants literally designed by hairstylists for hairstylists. I found them through an interview right here on the podcast, and then shortly after found myself booking a discovery call because I was drowning in administrative tasks and needed help. It's been a few months now, and I can't tell you how much my VA has changed my life. No joke, friends. I am such a believer in StyleSmart VA that I decided to bring them in as an episode sponsor here on the show. Listen, as creatives, our focus should be on the clients and our craft. And now that I have my virtual assistant, I can devote more of my time to exactly that. The beauty of hiring a VA through StyleSmart is that they come to you already trained and able to seamlessly step into your business. From managing appointments and client communications to handling your social media presence, StyleSmart virtual assistants free you up to concentrate on your clients. And that's a change your clients will notice and appreciate. I mean, can we say elevating your perceived value? So when you're ready to level up in your business and take some weight off your shoulders, head on over to StyleSmartVA.com and book a free discovery call today. You'll also find the link in the show notes of this podcast episode. StyleSmart VA, empowering beauty professionals to focus on what they do best. Well, hey there, friend. Welcome back to the Your Hair Mentor podcast, where I am your host and your hair mentor, Crystal Green. Now, I hope you're doing well. I have not been doing well the last couple of weeks. It's not like I've been on my deathbed or anything, but man, I ended up with a cold that knocked my vocal cords out of the park. So right after I recorded the interview in this podcast episode that I'm about to share with you, I ended up losing my voice and I had this deep, rumbly, sexy voice. Um, and it was really uncomfortable to talk for the last few weeks. So thankfully, knock on wood, I'm past it and um, feeling great. And so I'm recording the intro here for you so you can get to this interview. Now, um, I interviewed a friend of mine that I know in Reno. Her name is Shauna and she's not a hairstylist. And so you're probably like, why are we listening to this person, Crystal? Here's the thing. She's a professional. She has some great insight into, I don't know, business as a woman and professionalism in general, but really and truly the reason I brought her here to interview her is because of her hair. She has curly, wonderful hair and had this haircut years ago that just hit the mark for her. It was the best haircut of her life. And it's almost like the one that got away right? But in terms of a haircut, I know that resonates with some of you, if not all of you at this point. And so I'd like to kind of try to pick apart what happened with her hair and why she can't replicate that again, because it is infuriating as a client and as a stylist, if something went really well one time and it doesn't the next time. So what went wrong? How do we keep this from happening? So as we dive into this episode, I hope you enjoy it. And if you have any stories you want to share with me or would like to be a guest on the podcast at some point, please reach out to me. I would love to hear from you over at uh, info at yourhairmentor.com. You can go ahead and email me right there. Okay, without further ado, my friends, let's jump into the episode. So um, Shauna, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself mm -hmm. and um, your book? Ooh. We'll start with that. Okay, great. A little bit about me. I'm a Leo. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. So I'm a real estate professional. I've been in this business for almost 15 years, and I also love business in general. Mm -hmm. And so in the course of what I do for a living, I was very observant about people who do real estate well and people who don't. And no shade to those who don't. It was just a very observant learning experience. And when I came into this industry, I had the leg up benefit of I got to work under my dad, who already had at the time... 30-ish years of experience and so that's a very unique opportunity to have a mentor that is at the top of their game and has been for many decades and isn't that all wonderful okay great <laughs> so knowing that when you work with a variety of people you get to see different ways of doing business good bad and 
indifferent. So when I saw all of that and what we do for a living and the impression and the reputation that realtors have, not realtors, if I hear that word again, I think I might lose my mind, but that realtors have, like, it's very negative. Like in, you look in TV and movies are always portrayed as either slimy, untrustworthy, or uh, all they care about is money. They're like greedily ambitious. And I'm going, whoa, that is not reality. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and there's so many of us out there that are highly dedicated to what we do and to the public and our clients and doing a good job and being ethical and being of service and all of these wonderful things about advocacy and home ownership. And also too, like you're a therapist and you're with people during very interesting times of life. And I just thought, you know what, what I'm committed to is leveling everybody up. Not because yes. someone's doing anything wrong. It's just that if we want more respect from the public, then we need to show up in a more respectful way. You yeah. know, we have to be that change we want to see in the world. And so I thought, what if I can put together everything I've ever learned, everything I've observed from across the spectrum in a condensed and entertaining format mm -hmm. that with whether someone is just now thinking of getting a real estate license to really understand the realities. Everyone thinks it's easy money and oh my gosh, you like you just trip over a house and you're making thousands of dollars. It's like, oh no, no, no. <laughs> there are 90% of agents who need a second job right. because they can't survive. And then there's a small percentage where that is truly their income. That's how they feed their families and they do it well and it takes something. Right. So when I can warn someone, this is really what you're getting into, they can be smart about it and set up a lot of things that, I don't know, maybe seven out of 10 agents still don't have to this day regardless of the number of years they've been in the business and we can all do something better. And as I say in the very beginning, like my way isn't the way. I'm not here with like, I have the holy grail of answers. <laughs> It's just something that I want to share what I know and share what I've seen in a way that can be helpful to someone who's just getting started or someone's already been in the business five, 10 years and they go, oh yeah, that's mm -hmm. a way to tighten the shift. Oh yeah. like, Or I have a colleague who's been in the business as long as me, if not longer, and he's also a solid couple of decades older than I am. And the biggest compliment I got from him is that not only did he, of course, buy it and read it, he's read it twice and his son was thinking of getting a license and he bought it for him and said, you need to read this first. And wow. that was, that meant a lot to me where he just said, when I read your book, because he, as we all do, we get our insecurities. Am I doing this right? Am I, and it just gave him a lot of peace of mind of like, I've got this. Right. And I just love that where it's, you know, he's, it's, it's, there's yeah. no new tricks, right? And that's a big part of the book is like, there's no silver bullet. There's no magical thing. I know that you don't. It's just a matter of being rational, level-headed, having planning and forethought. And what are you really doing here? Mm -hmm. Because my whole platform is that you are a business owner. When you are in real estate and you are a licensed agent and you're doing this thing, you are a business owner. And if you don't take that perspective, that's where all the holes start coming in. Because you haven't built a practice, you haven't built a business, you are self-employed, but are you a good employer? Right. Do you really know what you're doing? Like, yes, it's great to be your own boss, but are you a good boss? And so there's a lot of things to be aware of when you wear all those hats. You have to see yourself in all those different lights and hold yourself accountable. And if you can't, you need someone to help you with that. And it covers all that stuff, like how to pick a brokerage. Do you even want to get licensed in the first place? What do you want to do this for? What's your retirement planning? Because no one's polishing your gold watch and, you know, stocking your 401k. And Yes. yes. <laughs> and when you're out of town, what do you do when you want to give up your business and close things down and either retire, or do the next thing? How do you take care of those people that you've been working with for years? So it covers all those things that a lot of people don't think about. They get stars in their eyes, but then you just have another person that's in this industry that doesn't know what they're doing. And yet we have, we're one of the most highly regulated industries because it's a huge financial transaction and there's tons of legal liability. Right. Well, if you don't take that seriously and you think that it's like this wheel and deal and I shoot from the hip thing, like number one, you're going to get sued. <laughs> Not good. And maybe end up in jail, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, even if it's realtor jail, like something bad is going to happen. And also like the disservice you are to the public. And then again, another negative impression. And I'm going, wait a second, but that's not all of us. So yeah. it's just an effort to be of service to my fellow countrymen, so to speak, yes. and do something that's of service to them because I'm not afraid of my competition. I love them. Yes. And I want everyone to do this job to the best of their Amen ability. Amen to that. Right? Because oh if gosh. you do it better and I do it better and we have to work together, mm. that only benefits everybody. Exactly. Even your clients. Uh-huh. Yeah. Especially your clients. Exactly. So tell us the name of your book. Really it's called here. Do It and Be Glad You Did, a not stodgy business book about what it takes to make it in real estate. Mm. Not how to get into it. You can fog a glass and get into it. Let's be really clear. Yes. <laughs> 
It is not hard. But how do you make it? How do you really have longevity mm-hmm. and success for whatever that looks like for someone? Because in sales, it's always like, I close blah, 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 millions of dollars of all. I'm like, congratulations. What's your quality of life? Right. What were the quality of those transactions? I don't care about how many awards are on your wall. Yes. That may not look like success to me or this other person. But if you know that you just helped 20 families this year achieve home ownership and that you did that really, really well, your paycheck is your paycheck. But if your lifestyle is such that that is exactly what you need and you're happy with, that is success for you. Mm-hmm. And in sales, it can be very intimidating when you're not at that peak performance level, so to speak, that somehow you're less than or you're not doing it right. It's like, oh, no, 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 mm-hmm. please don't. Like in here, there's a whole planning section about what does that life look like for you? Right. And then how do you backtrack that and reverse engineer it to go, okay, yeah, well, then your average price point is X, your average commission is Y. So then you need to close blah number of deals in order to make this lifestyle happen. So yeah. for some people, that's very flashy. Yeah. And for other people, it's like beautifully simple. So. Right. I mean, that's so such good advice for any business owner, though. I mean, I can relate to that as a stylist, too. Um, and I've heard other people coach to that also. It's like, mm-hmm. what do you see your business looking like? Mm-hmm. And then that's what you strive for, right? It doesn't always need to be someone else's vision. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be a luxury stylist. You don't have to be a stage stylist. You don't have to be these things that other people show as success. You can be successful if it feels good to you. Absolutely. If you work two days a week and you serve 10 people, and that feels good, great. Absolutely. And that's the idea of this book. I know that I wrote it for real estate, but at the end of the day, again, coming from an I own a business platform, truly like change the words for your industry, but it should work for any industry. Mm -hmm. I love it so much. And I can relate to like everything you just said. And um, just to show everyone or tell everyone why I feel like this is important. The reason why I have Shauna here, um, little backstory. I know her because our kids were going to the same school. And um, she was, were you the head of the PTO? Still am, baby. Still am, baby. <laughs> Woo! And I had, like, aspirations to be part of the PTO, but honestly, I really sucked at it. Um, and so I'd, like, get together and be like, oh, my gosh, this sounds so great. What can I do? And I just loved um, the way that Shauna runs things. And so I kind of had her in the back of my mind as, like, just a cool chick anyway. And then um, when was it when you posted on Facebook? She that was, was within the last couple months. Okay, in the last few months, she posted something about, you know what, I'm just not going to be shy anymore about the fact that I wrote a book. And uh, for those of you that don't know, I'm in the process of finishing a book that I've been writing for kind of the same idea, but for my clients, right? And um, I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to self-publish or go the traditional publishing route. And so book publishing is just on my radar. And so I see this cool chick post about this book she wrote. And I'm like, okay, we got to talk. And the, the minute we started talking about stuff, I was like, literally, we're doing the exact same thing. We are striving for the exact same goals because our industries are, they're funny, right? We can be super professional and take our job very seriously and be very successful. Or there can be those of us that are total ding-dongs and slime balls and screw up left and right. And they kind of ruin it for the rest of us. And I would love to see that change. I would love to see people that take it more seriously and really love and grow their business and care for their clients. And so I really think we're striving for the same thing. So that was my whole point of like bringing her together um, here. And then also we have a little hair um, dilemma we're gonna talk about. <laughs> yes. But uh, that was just a little backstory for you to understand like why I feel like Shauna's story is so important and how it relates to me. And so I think that's so great. And I feel like I should read your book even though yes. I'm not a real estate at all, but I feel like it's probably the same tenets that I'm trying to live my business with, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's great. Fantastic. Thank you for sharing. Absolutely. So mm-hmm. um, another thing that Shauna and I talked about. So when I reached out to Shauna, when I reached out to you, I was like, hey, I want to talk to you about your book. And you're like, hey, I want to talk to you about my hair. <laughs> Perfect. Let's do this. So um, Shauna, you've had kind of a roller coaster mm-hmm. with your hair. Mm-hmm. Now, um, I'm going to describe your hair for everybody here. So Shauna's got this like curly, full head of hair. It's like, um, I'd say medium tight coil on top and then kind of a looser wave on the bottom. So there's some inconsistency in curl patterns, which is not unusual, right? There's very few of us that have the same curl pattern on our entire head and it can cause some problems it can cause confusion and you're like well great that works on this half of my head but what about the other half so struggle bus okay 
So Shauna had this haircut. How long ago was this haircut that you had? The, the one that got away? Uh, oh, the good one? The good one. I oh, hear the gosh. Good one. That was in 2020. Okay, so back in 2020, mm-hmm. Shauna has a haircut that... Would you say like changed your life? Absolutely. Absolutely. Those of you that are curly girls, you know the struggle of the bad haircut with the curly hair that you're just like, I can't do anything with this crap, right? She had this haircut that blew her mind. Mm -hmm. Can you describe this haircut? How, How is it so good for you? What was so great about it is that I could literally go swimming, get out of the pool, not touch it because you're doing whatever, right? It dries and it looks perfect. I have never had that before. As a curly girl, that is like a unicorn, right? Absolutely. That is amazing. Mm -hmm. And would you say your haircut could do that now or like not even close? Uh, I mean, obviously my head's capable of it, right? Because it happened once before, but I... I have no vocabulary when it comes to communicating what I want. I've Perfect. never been that girl who walks in with pictures going, give me this. I just go, do it. Yeah. And I've had one stylist who I could try. I could close my eyes and just say, do what you want. And it was always beautiful. And then pff, never again. Yeah. Okay. So we're going we're gonna to try to dissect what happened with yes. that haircut. Now, my, my goal here is not to shun or shame any stylist, right? Mm -hmm. We're trying to help you have communication skills so that you could recreate that if you wanted to. And also from my perspective, I'm going to try to figure out what happened with that stylist. Like what went wrong there so that that stylist couldn't recreate it for you? Yes. Because I asked the very next appointment, do the same thing. And she's like, well, do you know what I did? And I'm like, I have no idea. And that to me is like so sad as a stylist that she couldn't remember, right? Um, You know, we're artists and sometimes inspiration hits us, right? And maybe we don't realize what we did until it worked later and then someone's like oh my gosh remember that thing you did and if we don't remember that oh in that moment I picked up a different tool Mm -hmm. or held it at a different angle oh shit now I don't remember so I try to keep very detailed notes of all of my clients because I can't remember all that stuff for real I remember the first time someone came back to me when I was new at doing hair and they said crystal I loved the color that you did and at this point I didn't write things down I only had like eight clients or something so it was easy to remember and she says, I want that exact same color. And I'm, I'm so sorry, Linda. I don't remember what I did. I'm like, I can guess based on how it's faded, but I literally didn't write it down. And she was like, well, I appreciate the honesty. And so we just had a full consultation all over again that hopefully, <clears throat> excuse me, led us back to where we landed last time. Mm-hmm. And she was very happy with her hair again. And I'm like, oh, thank God. I was like sweating bullets. I'm like, oh no, I literally don't know what I did. So from then on, I make notes. I'm like, you know, what's going on in their life? Mm-hmm. Like what hair struggles they were having. Ha- <laughs> having, um, let's be real. I always stumble on my words on the podcast here. It's just, you know, it's life. It's, You're it's a real human being. You are not a robot. Um, so I think that's important for stylists, but mm-hmm. if that doesn't happen, I want to give you language mm-hmm. so that you can be like, Hey, you picked up a different thing or you held it like this. Mm-hmm. So. Um, with the haircut that got away, mm-hmm. how can we describe that in your best words? What length did it sit at? Mm-hmm. How full was it? Okay. So the beauty of that lengthwise, it was probably just below shoulder length, like at and just below. Mm-hmm. Especially like if you had wet or dry, um, because curly hair, we all know shrinkage happens. Absolutely. I would say when it was in its What's funny about it is that it was wavy. It wasn't like you're seeing today, like this really tight curly thing. It had this beautiful, more full waviness. When it was dry, it was probably like just below my shoulder length. Okay. Right? Mm -hmm. Wet or like if you had flat ironed it, it would have been probably like, yeah, top Mm -hmm. of your chest kind of length. Okay. Um, I would almost describe it as a wavy shag. Mm Mm-hmm. Which I don't even, for some reason, I feel gross even saying. For them, like, what kind of haircut am I talking about? I know. But it did. It had a very, very long layers. My challenge is when the top gets cut too short, I have this, I call it mushroom head. It's like you have this funny, tall thing <laughs> that gets super, super yes. curly. And then my lower layers are really, really long. Yes. But, like, this kind of long, wavy is more like what my whole head looked like. It was very consistent. Okay. So, for those of you that can't see Shauna's head, um, the top of her head is very curly right now. And the bottom half is, like, very smooth and soft big waves. Mm-hmm. So my 
initial feeling is that those top layers need weight on mm -hmm. them mm -hmm. to pull them longer. So what you probably were experiencing was some longer length on top mm -hmm. that let those relax and sit a little longer. And then maybe those underneath layers had some texture to them. Um, do you remember if there was any sort of like razor cutting or like slide cutting or snipping into from the bottom? Because that can play... No razor for sure because okay. that's such a distinct feeling. Yes, The current is. person who cuts my hair uses a razor. Gotcha. Which I almost don't like because when I pull it into a ponytail, it's so thin at the bottom. It like yes. feels right. Anyway, yes. uh, definitely no razor. I think there was like the cutting like into you know uh -huh, like uh -huh. with the ends that i think is highly likely okay yeah but not that those funny shears that have like the comey teeth looking things yes those are <laughs> called texturizing shears okay and the little comey teeth things yes. can come in different sizes okay and that will dictate how much hair is snipped with every cut oh right okay. so the finer the teeth the less hairs are cut mm -hmm. the chunkier the teeth the more and it's a chunky pattern like if you oh, literally yes held it horizontally and went like that only where the teeth hit are there hairs so cut, it's like, right yes okay. so yes i know what you're talking about so it was more like kind of cutting up into yes and was I it think wet so. or dry i always get my hair cut wet okay yes. so fascinating to me that no not because i asked for that dry. it's just yeah. yeah i've had that only happen less than a handful of times in my life okay Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean, right off the bat, I would say like step one, your hair looks very different wet to dry, like yes. most curly hair does. But because you have so much curl and shortness on top, you're experiencing like major shrinkage with your curls. Mm -hmm. So I would probably recommend getting dry cuts okay. to try to alter and shape your haircut because okay. you can really see what's happening when it's dry. Yeah. Um, and I, for the record, do not use razors on dry hair. Yeah. Um, they need like slip and combability on them so mm -hmm. that you're not tearing at the hair. So the razor is going to go bye-bye, Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, you can achieve texture without a razor. Mm -hmm. And so what I would try to do is let your top grow mm -hmm. right as weird as it sounds like literally don't cut it yes because it needs to just grow it needs length it needs heaviness and then that stuff underneath depending on how much you're willing to um, give up in terms of length mm -hmm. you could kind of lighten and texture those bottom lengths just to try to even it out a little mm -hmm. bit more with dry cutting and scissors and what I like to call like carving out the hair mm. and so you're using the natural curl and you're kind of cutting like C shapings out of the curls mm -hmm. with scissors so that you give those little curls like a place to live mm -hmm. a lot of the times with wavier hair it can lay like a blanket mm -hmm. and it's heavy mm -hmm. and it needs separation to encourage more curl and so I think that would be a good way to go with um, hair cutting mm -hmm. now you can do some things with products in the meantime now I know we're talking about a haircut that was like you didn't need product which is amazing mm -hmm. right like that's what we all want really. also the unicorn <laughs> yes right but it's like your hair did it before so I think it can do it again mm -hmm. right but in the meantime there's tools we can use that can kind of help your hair mm -hmm. right and so products that are going to add weight to your hair would be great for the top half of your hair. Mm -hmm. And then products that encourage volume and body and movement would be great for the bottom half of your hair. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a pain in the butt because you're literally applying different products like you would on different heads of hair mm -hmm. um, and maybe using different techniques to either encourage curl here or flatten curl there. Right? Yeah. Okay, so I have a question. <laughs> she just raised her hand. <laughs> I love it. Yes, you in the front. <laughs> yeah. So two things. One is I used to have an A-line bob for a while. Uh-huh. And I actually like that because it, it, it you have you couldn't cut the top shorter yes. than the bottom. Yes. And my frustration is that my last haircut I specifically said I need the bottom cut way, way short. Please like take barely anything off the top. And anyway, that didn't happen. The other thing is um uh, when I blow, like today I blow dried my hair a bit so I didn't leave with a super wet head and yeah. like <laughs> that frustration of I'm trying to like pull it with my fingers and yes. dry it so it doesn't totally go like this. Yes. And then the uh, shrink is what I mean. I should describe these things. And then the bottom like taking a diffuser and I push it up yes. to the bottom bit of my hair to try to make Encourage it go. curl. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I know. It's a lot. And so what products did you use today? Today I used uh, a leave-in conditioner. Mm -hmm. I used... Uh, was it a spray? Or no, a it was cream? a creamy thing in the shower. Okay. And then I used a in-shower 
um, basically gel. Okay. Clear um, or like creamy colored? Clear. Okay. And but this time because it can be very crunchy and yes. and super firm hold. Yes. So I just used like a probably like a generous nickel amount and then okay. just gently combed it, raked it through my hair and then left it the way that it was. Then okay. when I got out of the shower, I used a serum that I guess is technically for blonde hair, but there's something about it that she said would go well with curly. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. But it's this, um, you know, uh, clear, almost a little bit tacky, mm. runs smoothly kind of serum. And then I just gently put that through my hair. And I try not to break up the curl. I try to leave right. it pretty sopping. I don't towel dry my hair. Gotcha. Um, and then that was it. And then I, uh, 15 minutes later, started diffusing it. Okay. Okay. And then when you start to diffuse, do you, are you upright or do you flip your head upside down? Both. So okay. I usually um, start kind of upright and then I flip my head over and and then flip it back over, go to the side, go to the side. Yeah. It's moving everywhere because um, I don't, sometimes it'll dry and it has this funny flap. Yeah. Yeah, like a little jerry curl kind of yeah. in the front. Yeah, uh-huh. so trying to like <laughs> both dry it so everything's kind of back and then I can gently push it mm-hmm. around my face. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you yeah. don't like it down in your face. I don't. Yeah. And it's so funny because it can look really pretty to have curls around your sure. face. I have a round face, so it's like a nice shaping tool. Mm-hmm. But then I always, when I can feel it or I can see it, I feel like I look sloppy. And I always want to do this gotcha. and put it behind my ears or gotcha. clip it back. And I'm going, but then I look in a mirror and it's like, oh, that looks nice. Yeah. I need yeah. to just stop touching it. See, these are the kind of things, though, that I feel like as a hairstylist, they need to ask these kind of questions, right? Like, how do you feel about your hair and your face? Mm-hmm. Does it drive you nuts? Do you mm-hmm. love it? Do you mm-hmm. hate it? Because, like, me personally, I hate my hair in my face. Mm-hmm. drives me crazy if I can feel hair anywhere in my face. Get it back. Mm-hmm. Get it out. And other people are like, no, I want to hide behind my hair. I oh. love it, right? Like, I just want it, like, wispy and yeah. everywhere. And, like, little bits feels ethereal and pretty. And I'm like, okay, now we know how yeah. we can style You're it, right? a fairy princess and I. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm not a fairy princess at all whatsoever. More soldier hair is better for me. Um, so right off the top of my head, I'm thinking, okay, what I would do if I were you, um, when you start diffusing, I would start where you need to encourage the most curl, which is the bottom. bottom. Yes. Um, and depending on the products that you used, um, like a gel is great for hold, but it encourages like mega hold, right? Yeah. And if you want to add weight to your hair, Things with waxes and butters mm-hmm. and oils mm-hmm. are going to add molecular weight, okay. right? Um, you can add gel with those too. And there are like creamy gels that do that. And you can also just add a cream to your gel. But what you want with those curls on top, yes, you want a little bit of hold, mm-hmm. but you don't want like a roller set kind of hold. that's going to be like voluminous. You want it to be smoother. Mm-hmm. So adding a cream I think is vital. Um, that will literally add weight to those, but don't put it on the bottom. That's like a top oh, only. And I'm just product. putting the same thing everywhere. Right. You're okay. globally applying these products. And so the bottom of your hair, maybe a gel would be nice. Nice, mm-hmm. as long as you're getting lots of scrunching and mm-hmm. diffusing with it so that it holds that set in place. The gel could be a little too heavy, mm-hmm. in which case um, you can find what they call a lotion. Mm-hmm. Lotions are like watery gels, right? They're just not as robust and they tend to be more lightweight, but they still have hold to them. That might be a good alternative for the hair on the bottom, okay. right? Um, and then maybe let that stuff on top air dry longer if you can. Well, another thing you can do is brush styling with curls. There's like this whole game out there that people play with styling their curls. And sometimes you wrap them around your finger, Mm -hmm. sometimes you wrap them around the handle of the brush, sometimes you brush and then you wiggle. Um, There's all these techniques that do different things with curls and some of them are going to pull the curl a little smoother. Some of them are going to encourage coils. Mm-hmm. Um, I can show you some videos that would be helpful for that, but maybe brushing and lumping them together after they've been brushed, it will pull mm-hmm. the curl a little bit and create a little elongation for you. Whereas like when they're sopping wet and then you go to start diffusing and scrunching, they're full of water and they're juicy and they're springy. And then they're just gonna go boing. You know, even though you haven't touched them, you're still diffusing them and kind of like pushing them up. Yes. So second question. <laughs> when you're doing that, but then they dry and then you're you separate them after, so yeah. you don't have like weird sausage curls from like right. 1870. <laughs> like what's yeah. what are the Jewish um Oh peos. No, no, no. No, there's another word for them. The um 
the guys with the curls. What do we call them? Payas. That's what the curls are called. Yep. But what are the guys? What are they? What are they called? Payas. No, there's a word I'm missing. What is it? It's the it's the Yiddish word. It's the word for the curls that grow off of the okay. front of the corners. But of who wears skin. the payas? Only men. Yes, but they have a name, don't they? They're called payas. No, I'm missing. God, that's no. the that's the. Name of the locks of hair. I love that I just learned something about Jewish hair, by the way. You're asking a Jew about a Jewish thing. But what do we what do we call it? There's a word. It's going to come to me later. I'm like, gosh darn it. I need to know this. Um, crazy sideburns. No. Yes, the crazy sideburns. Yes, you don't want those. You don't no. want sausage peos. No. no. <laughs> yes, you can separate them later. Um, and then always, always, always when you're separating curly hair, you want to use an oil on your hands. Okay. Because an oil is going to coat everything and yeah. seal in moisture yeah. and seal out moisture because a moisture exchange will make curls change, right? Oh my God, I want that on a t-shirt. I know, I know. It's like, I, I wrote that in one of my courses. I'm like, oh, I gotta remember that. It was like an off the cuff riff kind of thing that I did and I was like, I love but that. But a mnemonic device, like. Yes, I know, right there. Dude. No, but oil is a barrier, okay. right? And yeah. so if you seal the deal with oil, they won't change later. And then they'll stay soft for multiple days. And you can even reapply oil later. Okay. If you don't have oil on your hair, too, you run the risk of, like, puffing things up. without. Oh, I hate that. To smooth them back down. Yeah. So, okay. yes. I love the shower routine that you do. I love that you put in products super wet. That's really good for curly hair because you're adding moisture, keeping moisture in. Curls tend to be dry. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think a little game changing with adding weight where you have too much curl and then maybe um, adding a more lightweight product where you don't have enough curl mm-hmm. in the meantime is okay. what you could do. And then we need to just let those suckers grow in the front. Now, I'm it, looking at your hair now, I'm like super frustrated for you that you asked for an A-line. I did not ask oh. for an A-line this time. Okay. No, it, it occurred to me actually as we were going to have this conversation today. I was like, you know what? That haircut really worked. I just get like, oh, this works, this works. And I get that haircut for let's say a year. And so gotcha. it's like, I should try something different. Because I don't, gotcha. not that there's anything wrong with it, but I also don't want to be that lady who has the same haircut for 30 years. Right. And it's right. just out of date. It's out of style. There's something more flattering and mm-hmm. I want to grow out my hair slightly and I just get that frustration that again whatever I'm communicating isn't landing yes. and I just feel like my hair gets shorter yes. and shorter and shorter I'm going dudes this yeah. is not the goal so when you see your stylist cutting your hair and you're like gosh darn it I told her not to cut anything off the top do you want to speak up ever are you ever like should I just say something right now sometimes sometimes I don't know if what she's doing is what I asked and yeah. I, it just I don't know how it looks I'm not like I'm not doing the technique right right um, but then it's when I knew it as soon as she was done and started um, just wet styling my hair she had a next client so we didn't have a bunch of time for a gotcha. bunch of dry styling but as soon as it started to curl back up I'm like F this like oh. it was exactly what I didn't want mm-hmm. and I just have I feel like we should take a picture when we're yes. done so you can post yes. it but I just have this to. chunk that hangs on yes. this left side of my head and I just want to put little weights on it and go yes. okay now I like it yes Mm-hmm. And then the question that I have is, I don't wash my hair every day right. uh, for a lot of reasons, but one of them is laziness. Uh, but also, too, right, then I end up with just putting my hair up in a bun all the time. And yes. what my frustration is, and I've learned how to Google this better, is how to style my hair on day two or day three oh, before girl. I wash it again, mm. and it doesn't look crappy singing my language okay so i'm i'm going to solve this problem for you because i'm literally creating a mini series of videos for dirty hair yay. and how to wear them yay. and it involves little rubber bands like Ooh. little clear bands yes it involves bobby pins okay maybe some cute clips i mean there are so many things you can do and it's simple tools in your toolbox where mm-hmm. you know you can twist your hair here yes or you can pin it here and you have areas of your head that you know work better than others that immediately make it look elevated mm-hmm. make it look cute you can hide flat spots in the back of your head or if you've got like a little rat nest going on you can kind of tuck and hide it and no one knows and you can wear your hair for another day. Nice. I know. I feel I feel you. Yeah. <laughs> I would say like that is probably the thing that has um, gotten me through my career the longest is being able to pin my hair up mm. and make it look cute because I do not like to do my hair every day. I love to do your hair every day. I don't want to do my hair every day. I'm <laughs> lazy. I am the lazy lion of hairstylists, right? So if I can spend five minutes with some bobby pins, that's my jam. Yes. So I've got all sorts of tricks up my sleeve I would love to show you. And for any of you that are listening and you are interested, I will keep you posted yes so um i should actually have you get on my mailing list because that's how i'm gonna send it out yes please list um i love it okay um 
I'm trying to think for now if there's any other questions that we could cover. I guess the only other thing I would coach to you mm-hmm. with your hair is if you're in someone's chair and you feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. about something that's happening, speak up. Okay. Because if, if you didn't want that snipped and I snipped it off, mm-hmm. there's nothing I can do. Yeah. You know what I mean? I would rather have you be like, oh, hey, real quick. Is that what we want to do? Yeah. And because sometimes as a hairstylist, we kind of get into like a rhythm of mm. something. Maybe you're thinking about something else. I can literally do hair while thinking about 10 other things. You know what I mean? It it's just like that muscle nature. memory. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we get distracted. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you're just like, oh, shit, that's not what she wanted this time. She said this, but I already snipped it off, right? Yeah. And so if you see that happening, please speak up. And if your stylist gets mad at you about that, that's shame on them. Yeah. Shame on you. Okay. Right? Because there's nothing they can do to fix it after. Because let's say they take an inch off. That's at least two months of growth. Maybe three before you even get back to where you were. That's devastating. What if they accidentally took off four inches of your hair? You know what I mean? Now you're dealing with that for months trying to get it back. Mm -hmm. So please speak up. Mm -hmm. Always, always. Mm -hmm. I've had clients do that so many times over the years. I feel like I've created a safe space where clients know they can speak up to me. And I'm not going to take it personally. Right? It's not like a... um, any knock on me as a no. person. They're like, oh, hey, real quick, we're still doing this, right? I'm like, oh, yeah, don't worry. I'm just holding it like this so I can look at this. They're like, okay, cool. Yeah. Even though they're confident in me, I'm human. Yeah. Well, then what I hear in that is, again, about you not taking it personally, is that value of you're here to be of service to them. Yes. And you know that you're the one providing the thing. Absolutely. But it's not a commentary on you as a person if they say, don't do that. Like, yes. it's not a shame on you, Crystal. It's like, oh, hey, this is the technique that I need. I'm just, like interrupting to have a correction you just go okay it's just like if you're driving and someone's like oh no you missed that turn can you turn here exactly. i'm not gonna go oh my god i'm a terrible human being it's like oh thanks for letting me know and then yes exactly adjust. exactly but i think there's a lot of stylists that um feel like personally injured by any sort of criticism yeah of their work like it's a commentary on them yes. as a professional and yeah. it just makes me sad because i'm like there is so much more to me than just a hairstylist Absolutely. being a hairstylist right even though i love it i love my industry it's just, it's work, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a skill and I'm serving people. And mm-hmm. so if I'm serving you in a way that doesn't serve you, I want to know, yeah. right? Because you want them to be happy. Exactly. And not leave and like ghost you and go find someone else exactly. because they're like, you didn't get the haircut I wanted. Right. And then that didn't give me an opportunity to grow. Question. Yeah. When do you know you're at the point where truly your stylist is not a good fit for you? Ooh. I think if you voice concern about your hair, and they take it personally mm-hmm. and cop an attitude with you and can't talk to you about it, it's time to move on. Mm-hmm. Or right. like you've expressed the same yes. thing and you're still getting the same bad result. Right. Like they're yes. not hearing you. Exactly. But here's the caveat to that. I don't want you to just leave mm-hmm. and not say why. Mm-hmm. That service provider needs to know, listen, Crystal, I am just really frustrated because I've been saying the same thing each time and I feel like you're not hearing me. It's like a Hail Mary, right? Mm -hmm. Give them one last chance to be like, holy shit, wait, please don't leave me. I want to make this right. Or maybe they're like, yeah, okay, bye. And then they can go out of business for all you care, right? They're not serving their people. Mm -hmm. So I think you have to say why. Okay. You know? Be brave. Totally. I've had clients do that with me too. I had a lady one time, like, okay, historically, as soon as I had kids, I was really bad about communicating via text with my clients. It just, it happened. I'm like in this baby world. And it wasn't a priority anymore, and I felt really bad about it, but it just kind of is what it is, right? So I did online booking, which made it easier. And then sometimes people had trouble with that. And I had this client, this amazing lady that had a busy schedule, and she had a hard time figuring it out. So I kind of still helped her via text. And uh, I think she got super frustrated with me because I wouldn't get back to her for like a day or two, Mm -hmm. sometimes three, right? I'm either gonna get back to you in two seconds (laughs) or three days. There's no in between. And so ultimately she reached out to me and she's like, listen, I'm really sorry, but I'm going to have to find another hairstylist that, and I can communicate with better. And I was like, so heartbroken by that, but I got it. I was like, I know I'm really sorry. I'd super apologize and I get it. And I failed. That was my bad. And so from then on, like, I know, like if I really want someone to stay a client of mine, I'll be like, I'm so sorry. It's been two days. I love you. I want to be there for you. How can I get you in? You know what I mean? And understand that, like, it's okay for me to not do that. Some people aren't going to like it. But, like, if I really want to keep someone's business, I need to try to be on it and appreciate them and know that I appreciate them. So, mm-hmm. totally. it's mm-hmm. It happens, yeah. you know. But it gave me an opportunity to, to learn because mm-hmm. she told me. She didn't just ghost me, right? 
And so I took that as an opportunity to change. Well, if you don't learn, you're destined to repeat the same mistakes, right? exactly. So I think anytime you feel like you're not being heard or served, you need to leave and go find someone else. But you have to tell the stylist. Yeah. You have to. Otherwise, there is no learning opportunity. Right. And it might be in one year and out the other. And if they hear it enough times, you know, enough people leave them, then they're not going to stay in business. And that's fine with me, honestly. If they don't care to grow and change, then they don't deserve Mm -hmm. to serve. Mm -hmm. So So going forward, what should I be asking for? Because I have a haircut coming up in, I don't know, let's say three Mm -hmm. weeks or so. And I'm, I already am going to move it because I'm not ready. Like I don't, I don't, I haven't, there's, there's no haircut. It's too soon. Yes. 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 Totally. I love this. Love this. Okay. Definitely move the haircut. Yeah. Um, I mean, do you have any lengths that are bothering you at all? Do you feel like you're even close to needing a haircut anywhere? Nope. So, I mean, I would even push it out like another eight weeks mm-hmm. at least mm-hmm. before you have some length to cut. Mm-hmm. And I would very specifically say, I do not want anything taken off these top layers. These layers need weight. They need to grow. I want them to lay smoother and flatter so they have to gain length. Yeah. Right? I feel like I basically need my hair cut all the same length because it right. will naturally yes. create a layer. It will. Exactly. That top layer is going to be more curly and it's going to shrink up on its own. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then that underneath part could be kind of heavily texturized, but it's be the same length. Mm-hmm. You could even almost get away with like an undercut kind of situation. I had one once where I just, I didn't know what you even call that. And then uh-huh. he told me and I was just like, I feel like I need the bottom cut shorter than yes. the top. Yes. Because it will even itself out. Absolutely. Okay. And so you could work your way that direction. You could use that language with your stylist and okay. say, you know, I'm, I'm very frustrated because this bottom length is so smooth and silky and it feels longer than everything else. Mm-hmm. If we're going to cut anything, let's mm-hmm. just focus there because mm-hmm. you'd rather have it be weighty on top, have weight on top mm-hmm. and not weight underneath. Mm-hmm. And I think those are words that stylists use, like having weight in your hair is something that we talk about in trainings for hair, right? We remove weight. We add weight by adding blunt edges, you're adding and creating weight by adding texturizing, you're removing weight. So mm-hmm. weight is a term, okay. right? You want weight on the top. You don't want weight on the bottom. And if the razor is not working, you could say like, is there any other tool we could use or technique we could use? Do you feel comfortable with a dry cut? Mm-hmm. Okay. You know? And just kind of feel her out. You could or you could say, like, this isn't really working for me. Can we do something a little different? Mm-hmm. And just see what they're open for. If they're a good stylist, they're going to be like, yeah, of course. Like, yeah. I'm here to serve you. I want to give you a haircut you like. Let's do this, right? And that might mean that you come in with your hair clean and styled and then just get it cut dry, too. Mm. So, okay, yeah. It's nice as a stylist to see your hair sitting in its, like, natural form, too. Because, like, I could make your haircut look great right now mm-hmm. with enough styling it would look fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I could take an iron and smooth out the pieces that are too wavy and I could curl the pieces that aren't wavy enough. And then you'd be like, oh, this is a great haircut, mm-hmm. but that's not reality. That's right? like lipstick on the pig. Totally lipstick on the pig. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So yeah, maybe to make that suggestion, be like, hey, can I come in with it clean and dry? Can you, is, would you be comfortable cutting it dry? Yes. So I could literally show you, this is what's driving me nuts right here. Right? Yes. I think that's good. Yeah, because they don't see me on a daily basis. Right. Right? That makes a lot of sense. Well, most of us come in with our haircut, um, like we know our hair is going to get washed, so it's like day three here, yeah. right? <laughs> For real. And it's all like greasy and matted and like not really showing its real form. Or it's been pinned up for a couple days. And mm-hmm. so as a stylist, we're like, well, we need to scrub this clean and, you know, have a clean slate to work on. So yeah. coming in with like clean, fresh hair in its okay. natural form would be helpful. Okay, I can do that. And then you just brought up hot tools. Yes. Uh, I own many of them. Yes. And when it comes to, like, I just am curious about techniques that I'm not already doing because I only know what I know, right? Right. Which surely is not everything. And so just one. Right. (laughs) And just wondering about that. Like, there was um, Mr. Kate on YouTube. She's adorable and has curly hair as well, but then always talks about how everyone compliments her. She's like, I didn't wake up like this. Like, I have hair that isn't consistent and all of this. And that's when I learned about cone barrel curling irons and how she, like, wraps on a few just to kind of bring some semblance of order and knowing like you gave me a technique recently where instead of piecing it out just like grab it up and do the thing yes it was a whole new world but is there a tool that because we've talked about the three barrel wavy Uh thingy Mm -hmm. uh another tool that i could look into or things to stay away from Mm. and they all have heat settings Uh uh-huh and I don't know which one is right. So I go like max and then I back it off a little yeah. bit because I'm yeah. like, I don't know. This is great. Okay. So um, when it comes to heat settings, 
I kind of have this rule of three to five seconds, um, meaning you should wrap your hair around whatever tool you're using and within three to five seconds, it should be hot to the touch, mm -hmm. right? If it's not, it's not hot enough. Mm -hmm. If it's hot in two seconds, it's too hot, Got right? Okay. And what'll change that is how much hair you have, how dense your hair is, how uh, much moisture your hair naturally carries, all those things will change the temperature. And that's why it's just, to me, it's a feel thing. Um, or if your hair starts like steaming in like two seconds, not three to five, it's a little too hot. Okay. So I just use that rule of thumb. So you don't have color on your hair, mm -hmm. right? And it's natural and curly. Um, now to change the shape of your hair, because your hair is curly, you are going to need a little bit more heat. Um, so I'd kind of shoot in the middle first, like go, your heat, your iron probably goes up to like what, 350 or something? 400. 400. Um, so maybe shoot for like 250 okay. and see how it goes. And if it's like not working, turn it up a little bit, right? And then you're probably in that sweet spot of three to five seconds. Awesome. Um, as for different tools you could use, because you have a tight curl pattern, um, if you don't plan on curling your entire head, then I would only use tools that are going to emulate the same size curl as you have naturally, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So yes. if you're going to pick a rod or a, um, oh gosh, I'm blanking on the tool name right now, the wand, there mm -hmm. we go. Oh, hairstylist, I'm forgetting the name of my tools. Um, if you're gonna have a wand, I would shoot for something that is about a one inch or smaller because your little curls are about a one inch in their wave. Any larger than that, and you're gonna be curly at your roots and then um, flatter at the ends. Mm -hmm. You know, you won't be able to smooth out your natural curl as much. Um, same with traditional curling irons. It wouldn't go any bigger than that. You could go smaller, and if you wanted to like really pump it up a little bit, there, you know, you can get one that's like as big as your pinky and make it more curly if you wanted to, or just focus on your bottom half of your hair with that, mm -hmm. and that will shrink it up a little bit and make it look more even. And then the three barrel curlers are fun, the, the wave irons, um, but they are gonna create like a flatter look all over, so if you're okay with that, mm -hmm. you could try them. You know, I have one here today I should have you look at real quick. Okay. Um, and then any other hot tools, are there any that you're curious about? I'm trying to think what else, like flat iron. I wouldn't really worry about it unless you want to flat iron your whole head. Exactly. That's the only way that I use it. But I have yeah. a narrow flat iron. I have a wide flat iron. Yeah. I have an, a knockoff in-styler. I have um, a super narrow, long um, gotcha. curling iron that does the clampy clampy. Uh -huh. I have a cone barrel curling iron. I have a wide barrel clampy clampy curling iron for someone um, that says they don't know a lot about hair you have a lot of tools <laughs> I, I do i do i love them and it's because i then i learned like oh and this can help this or that but like you yeah. said sometimes i get stuck with like well crap now i have to do my entire head yes and i think there's also a level of confidence i haven't reached of it's okay to not do my entire head and yes. like settling into i have wild curly hair i joked about being a leo earlier but now i'm like but i am i have very stereotypical leo hair right. i have a very open proud face i have wild insane hair Right. and leaning in totally. and being comfortable with that. Because I used to hate having curly hair. I hated it. Yeah. So then when you fight against it, everyone's like, I wish I had curly hair. I'm like, no, you don't. Like, right. This is like mess. And yeah. now leaning in, I don't think I've really leaned in. Right. You know, right. I need a breakthrough in my relationship to my hair. Yes, yes. Yeah, no, I definitely think you need to lean in. I think you have beautiful hair. I think with a few yeah. tweaks, you could really learn to love it too. So those little pieces about it that you're like, ugh, drives me nuts, you could find solutions too. Mm -hmm. um, I will say if you're going to flat iron your hair, one mistake a lot of curly girls do is they say like, oh, I don't blow dry my hair because I want to save it on the heat. I just, I'll use the flat iron later once it's dry. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, you end up using so much more heat with that flat iron because you're going over and over and over and you're trying to pull the hair at the root to smooth it out. Mm -hmm. When if you just blow dried it with a proper tool and the proper amount of heat, tension, and water, you will manipulate that hair so much easier. And then you can just polish it off with a flat iron, uh -huh. right? And you're not applying so much heat, so concentrated onto your yeah. hair. So if you ever do want to not embrace it and um, instead manipulate it, mm -hmm. I would blow dry it first yes. with a brush, with tension, with product. And then you're like setting the stage for a smooth style and then you can flat iron it from there. But any of those little like kitschy blow dry brushes or um, not even that, the like hot combs, mm -hmm. it's just not going to work for you. You're going to end up like puffy, right? Okay. So if you're going to commit to being smooth, you have to like really commit. Otherwise, you're going to be like, well, that was a half-assed job and now I'm just 
fluffy and I look weird and now I have to wash my hair again. And I Here comes the ponytail. It. Exactly. So you know, I think like leaning into the curly mm-hmm. aspect and finding ways that you can refine that is like way more suitable to probably your lifestyle and you know, you in general. Mm-hmm. And like, I think it's flattering on you too. Thank I you. I think the curls are pretty, but she's like freckles and <laughs> these cute eyebrows. Like it's really pretty. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Just Definitely. knowing how to deal with it, I think is beneficial because I do I love having curly hair not everybody does and it is right. something where I'm going if mm-hmm. you want to envy my hair I want to have enviable hair does that make sense absolutely like I want to go like yes I know you wish you had yeah. this la 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 you want to because shake it like Shakira exactly mm-hmm. I want to feel that confident about it and so when I do have these haircuts where I just have this chunk where I'm going oh yes. then I immediately want to put it in a bun right and I'm and hide right. it which is right right and then it makes you sad yeah because yeah. you feel confident yes Yes, girl. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. You bet. This was a super pleasure. I didn't even get really, like, detective-y with your hair. I was thinking I'd have this whole, like, Nancy Drew aspect. You did Nancy Drew it, though. It was just like, and I'm done. Because you're good. quick, Nancy Drew. So I don't even know if I'll title this episode anything about mystery hair. We'll see. But super pleasure. I'm really glad you were here. Thank you so much. And I can't wait to see how your haircut progresses we will send pictures to the internet yes yes and we'll we'll have a check-in let's do like a um we should do like a six-month check-in because i feel like that could give you like a radically different change after six months i think that's a good idea yeah Alrighty. well thank you so much thanks for being here friends i hope this was helpful and enjoyable to you as well and you are having a good hair day out there okay bye hey friend Crystal here, and I've got something special for you that's too good to miss. Introducing the wildly popular Confident Conversations Bootcamp, where we unlock the three secret stylist skills that attract clients who pay. In just three classes, we'll transform how you communicate, connect, and turn every conversation in the salon into a formula for high-paying clients. It's not magic, it's mastery of words, presence, and the kind of confidence that turns heads. So why sign up? Because mastering these skills means more than just full books. It's about crafting a career that's as rewarding financially as it is creatively. We're talking quality clients who value your expertise and are happy to pay you for it. And the best part, it's completely free. You heard right. It's my gift to you, friend. So if you're ready to elevate your behind-the-chair game and attract the clientele you've always dreamed of, this boot camp is your first step. Spaces are limited, and trust me, friend, you don't want to miss out on this transformation. So head on over to www.yourhairmentor.com to secure your spot today. Let's make sure that your talent is undeniable and your chair the hottest ticket in town. Cheers to clients who pay and a career that slays. I cannot wait to see you at the Confident Conversations Bootcamp, my friend.